0: You don't get the Hollywood, Braveheart, you know, bravado. And then everyone's like, we'll fight our freedom. No, no, no. It was a very real depiction of, yeah, I'm getting the crap out of here. I don't want to die. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving and running. And you can sort of see how difficult it was as a leader. Welcome to episode 12 of the 20-Digit Scene Review Podcast. I am David, one of your co-hosts, and I have here this evening, Alex, my Hello. second co-host. How's it going, Alex?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for this uh, this episode. It's
0: yes, fresh from the vacation, from the uh, change of scenery and the new, new blood bringing into episode 12. Yep, yep. so episode 12 that's even so well that means me to start things off and I've chosen yet another 1990s film uh, the scene that I've picked is from The Matrix 1999 directed by the Wachowskis of course starring the brilliant Keanu Reeves uh, the Canadians both Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu course the talented Lawrence Fishburne and you know me Alex I love villains so Mr. Hugo Weaving Weaving himself playing no other than Mr. Smith (laughs) so there are so many scenes to pick just like any of the other (laughs) movies that I've picked in the past there are just so many uh, to pick from Uh, many that are well known probably some of the most expensive and most interesting scenes of all time action that is and some that are subtle that I love just as much. But today I've decided to pick a very specific scene, an iconic scene that, and I've, I've picked it less more about less about the actual scene and but what it actually represented uh, moving forward when it comes to action movies in Hollywood. And I think that's the primary reason for my selection. Um, the scene takes place near the end, sort of the climactic fight scene between the villain, um, Mr. Smith, of course and mr anderson played (laughs) by keanu himself and it's just near the end there when um trinity and neo are trying to escape the clutches of of course the uh the matrix uh villains and trinity has escapes but not before mr smith has severed the connection before uh Mr. Anderson can, can leave, and instead of fleeing because uh, you never can beat uh, a Smith in any battle, uh, it's just not possible, uh, it's a turning point from a character point of view uh, for Keanu's character. And Neo, let's just call him Neo because that's what he wants to call himself, and <laughs> he just, just mm-hmm. keeps telling Smith not to call him Mr. Anderson. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and he decides to fight him and it's there's nothing in particularly special here it's your classic you know it drums right into sort of your classic western mexican standoff and then a bit of a twist to the mexican standoff you have the matrix inspired anti-gravity sort of gunplay uh... which is very popular in the nineties which was i would say brought to the fore by Uh, the influence of Hong Kong cinema. So 1990s um, cinema, uh, especially in the late 1980s, uh, films such as uh, A Better Better Tomorrow, um, Hard Boiled, The Killer, uh, as well as a few others um, popularized by John Woo and Ringo Lam, and of course City on Fire, which was actually the main inspiration behind... um, Quentin Tarantino's one of the most famous uh, movies was *Reservoir Dogs*, and some people say that some of the action movies are exact replicas. And in this case, it's actually no—it is no different. Um, the fight scene that takes place after the gunplay, and then your classic gun on gun against the head, and they're out of ammo. So your classic sort of late <laughs> '80s Hong Kong cinema situation. They get into a fist—they get into a fight or a sort of a kung fu fight—and <clears throat> like the previous sort of action sequences in the Matrix. Um, This was a standout for all of Hollywood to see because you had mainstream actors and actresses who did not have any martial arts training whatsoever doing martial arts scenes without massive close-ups and uh, fully choreographed from, you know, the master himself, Yoon Woo-Ping, um who actually helped Gorgoff the the first few matrix, matrix movies now what's of particular interest in this scene is that i would as much as i'd say some of the scenes from reservoir dogs was exact replicas of city on fire of uh, ringo lamb's um, late 1987 movie there the action sequence here is almost identical to fist of legends uh, jet lee's fist of legend um, general fight scene, the climactic scene at the end. Uh, the style of fighting is almost exactly the same. There's the locking mm. of the arms, the head butting going on, then the, the locking of the arms again, okay. and then just the, the massive punches to the kidneys. Um, the, 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 actu- the If you break down this sequence, I, I'm sure it exists even on the internet. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I guarantee you, someone has seen, has, has a frame by frame, side by side comparison of fight scenes and they are almost identical now of course there are certain um, departures uh, creative departures where you know mr smith at one point punches him like you know 100 (laughs) punches a second (laughs) and you know that that's kind of cool and different and of course the anti-creative stuff happens but um and and this is not by no means like uh a criticism for Mm -hmm. Uh, the Matrix. It's absolutely not the case. I mean, the in and Yuen Ping, like he is, you know, the guy that did Fist of Legend, the guy that did Crouching Hidden Shark and Kill Bill, um, hallmarks that just changed Hollywood forever. Okay. And it's not like they were, you know, denying the fact that they were taking exactly, you know, the influence. They they don't shy away from it. I think if anything, I didn't. No one was offended by it. If anything, it was just, you know, a hats off moment to. Such yep. a wonderful film, you know. You know me, Alex. a Fist of Legend, which I have not reviewed, any any, le- is probably one of my favorite martial arts films of all time. Like a lot of this new generation, they see Donnie Yen as the man. But back in our day, the Marvel hero for me was freaking Jet Li, and <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> his yeah, Wong yeah. Fei Hung movies, his Wong Fei Hung yeah, movies, sure. yeah. right? And so anyway i just want i'll stop there i have a few more things to note yeah. but i wanted to leave some room for you to comment because i'm sure you have <laughs> yeah some thoughts no
1: I, I remember when it <laughs> when we were "quote unquote" younger and we would go see even some in in theaters over it oh, yeah. Pacific mall or whatnot we go see yeah. some gently but yeah this scene um is good very very entertaining to watch and i like what i like in in this and it's what i like to get out of uh better martial arts scenes as opposed to i guess more cliche ones the ones that that surprised me with something that happens like okay somebody's punching, people are punching quicking they've got a certain rhythm (laughs) but then oh i didn't expect them to to either block that or to get out of that hold or uh things like that where the you know towards the the second half of this definitely has that where um you know uh neo punches kind kind of stops short then opens his hand and boom just yeah. jabs him in the throat that kind of which, stuff which
0: which was exactly the exact same sort of sequence in the general versus Jet Li uh, climactic general scene like he in that scene the general is like he takes sort of like regular hits like not when nor- a normal human can't and so uh-huh. what Jet Li starts doing is starts like hitting vulnerable spots like the neck yeah. and then you know the the joint areas and stuff that are a little bit more sensitive, and so exactly uh-huh. the same thing happens here <laughs> a, as a viewer that loved that movie and saw it in 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 Matrix. I was just like, "Oh man, this is just uh-huh. Uh-huh. amazing, right." <laughs>
1: So, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then this other part where um, he's knocked down and slides like 20 feet across yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the platform floor, gets up, and then, you know, he flexes and gets into position. And then there's like a dust cloud coming off his yeah, shit, yeah. like for extra effects, like, oh,
0: yeah. okay. <laughs> so that, that y- y- you're talking about the moment where he does his like little jarring fist yeah. scene, and then he gets into a stance, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That so that stance also is a scene from... Uh, almost a, uh, I think it was a different fight scene with the Japanese dojo scene, which is a remake of Bruce Lee's Fist of Fury, which then was kind of remade sort of in Donnie's Ip Man, which is it's interesting how the inspirations uh-huh. for these things get 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 copied through the generations. Yep, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean that that scene to me was almost laughable but entertaining <laughs> at the same time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then also how Neo like. Uh, in, in the first half it's it's the, it's the agent doing the, the arm lock the arm lock and the, the head yeah, and stuff yeah, and then right. the second half he, he like he learns on the spot and he does that's it back right. to him too right that's right and, th- that's right. and then of course the, um, the you know my name is Neo like I think most people just remember that line it's kind of like yeah. like if, if there were memes at the time that would have been all yeah, over yeah, GIFs and sure. everything right well <laughs> I, we I just
0: mean. yeah for sure for sure and
1: then of course the, the great escape with the backflip and then tiptoeing along yeah. just escaping being scraped <laughs> by, the, by the subway but yeah but a great scene very fun entertaining and, and some good martial arts in there and um, I suppose a mixture even of of styles which I also appreciate and like to see as I talked about in in a previous you know, episode with Triple H for
0: Ball. sure you know what's interesting is when you talk to the Gen Z generation or Gen Z or any of the newer like my nephews in his teens late teens um they hate the movie. They don't like the movie. They, they they look at the movie and they say it's, you know, kind of cheesy. Um, it's this or it's that. And to their and to their right, it, it just shows how much cinema has changed since then in 20 mm-hmm. years. Um, you know, you had Rumble in the Bronx. He does his own. You remember the trailer for Jackie Chan's Rumble in the Bronx? He does his own stunts. He does his yeah, own yeah, yeah. stunts. He <laughs> does his own stunts. Like, this was the beginning of what you see now Tom Cruise doing some ridiculous stunts in Mission Impossible like jumping mm-hmm. out of an airplane and now he's you know doing Top Gun, he's actually sitting in the car, co- actually he did that in the but um, you know here he's doing a space trip whatever the point is the this was the beginning uh, you know the Born Identity movies you know you had um, people that just had no training all of a sudden fighting on screen and they looked legit. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is a bit dated. Some of the, you know, the fight scenes is a bit dated. But at the time, it was eye-opening for Hollywood and Western movies. Yeah, and so sure. couple that with a really interesting storyline um, and a cool storyline, uh, just really nailed it. So fun fact before I forget, the stunt double that was thrown up against the wall, okay, his name mm-hmm. uh, is Chad Stahelski. Chad Stahelski is the director for the John uh, Wick movies, which oh. is which is <laughs> such a such okay. a cool sort of fun fact. You know, he he was in there and it was a stunt double, a stunt man for uh, many many years, and has built an incredible career and has graduated into um, you know obviously directing film now. And if you think about it, John Wick is like obviously it's Keanu Reeves again Mm -hmm. and it's actually very well known uh, what Keanu did um, I think he bought I I have to get my facts right I wish I had researched this well but it's well known that Keanu compensated the staff of the Matrix uh, yeah I had movies extremely well Um, and so obviously he built strong relationships and obviously Chad being one of them and obviously he directed the next sort of iteration of of action films Mm -hmm. in John Wick so it's just uh, again my point being that this this started the whole thing and um, it's just great to see the evolution of action movies and where it came from and how that uh, how Hong Kong cinema was was instrumental in helping with that and carving away an initiative and it it was just a fun 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 scene fun movie Uh, and Matrix 4 is coming out soon oh my god so really? yeah okay. yeah but King. yet yeah. go ahead i was, just, I was just gonna
1: say that to your point though um with the generational gap it like it, it was as i recall it was groundbreaking even on the cg level wasn't it like
0: yeah very TV much so they spent a ton mm. especially in the second movie too they spent a lot of money and i don't actually feel the cg that dated to be honest when i look at yeah, it m- now, yeah me neither i don't feel that's been dated and that's usually the first thing that gets dated but in this case uh you know i i feel certainly the the fight sequences yeah yeah it's it's 20 years ago things have changed things are a lot grittier now things are doing different things but it was a start i mean it that's why i love 1990s movies so much there was a lot of things changing the same thing with the first episode of the podcast which i talked about how they, they hired, you know, a former soldier to do the you know, the gun work. So it yep. all they're starting to get better in the end in terms of the action. This was just mm-hmm. another facet of that. So it was just uh so many great things about it. Um and and that's why I picked it. It's uh, uh just because of sort of the iconic, sort of the hallmark action sequence for, yeah. for what came
1: next. Yeah. We we would be remiss not to to have the matrix in our series
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah so okay what do you have for us this week alex
1: let me just uh okay so uh, my pick this week is a movie film called general luna which is uh, i guess spanish or filipino for general luna uh available on netflix we've got the uh clips and timestamps in um, in our show notes um Okay, so I have I have like a ton of notes on this. I'm am just gonna <laughs> aim to be either fast or brief or both. Or it's not you know I, and I right uh the get go I'll apologize to our listenership that I've i made the clip I guess fairly long. It's like sixteen minutes, um, but you can watch the first twelve if you want if you're short on time. Um, okay, so let's just get started here. Um, this film touches on I picked this because it it touches on a part of uh, recent history which really just doesn't get that much attention at least in the west okay like like in europe and north america and so on compared to like the histories of the major first world regions of the world like america or uh european medieval history vikings chinese and japanese history that gets a lot of coverage in in books and manga and anime and movies and stuff okay but but this one uh it's about what's going on in uh, in the philippines with respect to to Spain and respect to America, like the US, um, in just at the turn of the century, so the very end of the 1800s, beginning of the 1900s. Um, so as people may have guessed from my last name, I, I have Filipino lineage, and even though I grew up in Canada okay so I'll, I'll disclaim right off the bat i'm not going to pretend to know the full history of the events that <laughs> this film is trying to cover so i'm not going to pretend to be any historical expert or something but i just found it really interesting and by all means i invite our listeners if if i get anything egregiously wrong feel free to email us at scene review at 20digit.com and, and put me in my place and we'd be happy to hear from you um and i'll also point out and i didn't include this in the clip, but. It, at the beginning the very beginning of the film as the credits are, are finishing up and stuff uh the filmmakers admit that this is actually a mixed mixture of history and fictions no they're not trying to make like a purely historical documentary they're taking a few liberties in order to as they say kind of send a, a, a just talk about it or communicate a message or something or inspire the people so to speak okay so in these beginning scenes of the film there's really a lot packed in like i probably watched it um at least five six times and and even so as as i'm getting into the later rewatches i'm like i i, I just have to pause and it's like oh so that's the guy that did this and that or you <laughs> know and you take a trip into wikipedia and start reading more things and it's just there's just a lot to take in so i'll try to break it down and stop help establish the context of um uh, of what's going on here so 1898 is, is the year that the, the film starts and is trying to depict. And so at this point, again, I'll try to keep this brief. I'm not going to give a big history lesson here in our, in our episode, but in, over the next couple of minutes I want to talk about. So the Philippines has been under Spanish rule for over 300 years, like 333 years almost exactly at this point in, in our in the, the story that's being covered in the film. They had just succeeded in revolution against the Spanish to, uh, to, you know to gain independence and sovereignty and so on. And at, at this point, it's just the, the film is, is going to be showing the, at, sorry, during this time the Spanish-American War begins around 1898, and so it actually happens in the, I think it's the spring to the fall of this of this year. So Spanish, the Spain and America are, are in, in battle in several theaters, including uh, Cuba over in the Caribbean, but also the Philippines and other places like Guam and, and uh, Puerto Rico and things. The Treaty of Paris happens um, in 1898, and that's uh, supposedly the end of this Spanish-American War. And I, I remind you that the the year that this uh, uh, the film is depicting at the beginning here is, is 1898. So the Treaty of Paris is, is supposedly the end of the Spanish-American War, where they uh, uh, agree to a truce. And in this treaty, um, Spain. Uh, apparently relinquishes several of its um, colonies and territories to the United States because they had lost this war. So that included uh, Cuba, Puerto Rico, Guam, and the Philippines. And so earlier in the year, in 1898, the U.S. helped the, the Philippines in their rebellion uh, against Sp- uh, Spain in, in the Philippine country. And they they brought Aguinaldo, this guy, uh, back from exile, who was in Hong Kong because he had previously won the Philippines, was exiled by the Spanish to to as part as what was happening in their their fight between Spain and, and uh, the Philippines. He's in Hong Kong, but the U.S. actually brings him back, and he he's becomes like a, a leader of the of uh, the rebellion movement again in the, in the Philippines um, against the Spanish. So you can see here, there's like the three nations are are kind of forces in play like they're, they're the major the powers in on just this one island and stuff um and i'll also state that the u.s and the filipinos even fought some battles together side by side against the spanish in the philippine soil so Aguinaldo is the first uh, philippine president in um in the history and he's, you can actually see him in, in one of the scenes here in the sequence that i picked so again um what i'd like to point out is there's this this kind of this three-way conflict and as as this the the film unfolds you can see that it's it's really hard for someone who's living in that time to judge the intentions and the alliances of the of the three nations like yeah okay we just def- you know if you're a Filipino you're thinking okay we just defeated Spain and we want we our independence okay here comes the Americans they kind of helped us yeah but but wait why are they coming in now and they seem to be starting to do stuff that's making it questionable and you you know, for, furthermore, in the in just the, the context of the country, the Filipinos, at this point in time where they were they're just getting their, um I guess, sovereignty back. They're they're a fragmented nation where they're not really like an entire set of islands all united. It's like some regions are are themselves, and other regions over them themselves. So organizing and uniting the Filipino people here is is a big challenge for the leadership, whether political or military. And so, yeah, I think I'll stop there in terms of quote-unquote history lesson, but so the beginning of the Philippine-American War is the stage and context of this film, and there's just lots of other details that, uh, you know, our listeners can just go check out the internet and read up and go to the library and so on. So there's several scenes in this sequence that I picked. Um, First is an interview with uh, General Luna, and then following that, there's some heated discussions in the, the Philippine cabinet, and again, this is a lot this is where I was actually pausing a lot as, it, as I was doing the rewatches because um, there's just so much going on. Like the, the statements that they're making, um, they they tie into actual historical events. It's like, it's just it's really interesting to, to learn about. And then uh, I would re- I, again, I'd, I'd recommend pausing when at least on a rewatch, when on-screen text comes on and someone's title comes up, like this is the cabinet minister. This mm-hmm. was the first president. This I really the first enjoyed Prime that. Minister.
0: Actually, really enjoyed that. I yeah, really enjoyed the, the the titling as they were yeah. introducing each character. It, and and, and that's exactly what I did. I kind of like, okay, who is this guy? <laughs> and okay, good, yeah. It. But, because
1: definitely yeah. some key historical figures just For in sure. the same room there doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when there's some side story clip that comes up and with explanatory titling, like the American forces are stopping the Philippines from going into Manila or things like that, it's worth going and, and doing a quick search on well, what really yeah. happened about that and stuff. For and sure. It gives you a little more context as, as you're watching the film. So, um, and I'll also point out, there, there are a number of actors in this who are cast to, because they actually bear some of the resemblance to the real-life people. Like Aguinaldo himself, you look at the actor they pick, <laughs> and then pictures online, you see he's like, wow, this guy, it's actually pretty yes. close. And then, of course, General Luna, and then um, uh, Ma- Ma- Mabini, I think his name is, the, uh, the, the prime minister. Okay, so following the cabinet scene, we have a scene where the U.S. forces... Um, like a small unit of US forces, a small unit of Philippine forces, and they, they kind of encounter one another unexpectedly. They're, neither side is really expecting that, that they would be there. Then it, it, there's some tension, and eventually the US open, forces open fire first on the Philippine forces. And from what I could research, I believe this was actually a real event. I mean, it may not have exactly been those numbers, but roughly speaking, the Philippines, or sorry, the US surprised the, the, the philippines by firing first because that wasn't expected because as i had mentioned they had been fighting together against the spain the spanish right. just just earlier but and i liked so how that was
0: i actually liked how that was filmed it was um it wasn't clear they just kind of looked at each other they yeah. they, were, they pointed their guns but the you know there wasn't certainly there was there was fire made um but i liked how they did that because it wasn't like let's take him down let's you know just gun him down like execution style it was probably how how these things end up you're you're not sure whose side they're on are they fighting are they attacking are they attacking you or not and someone just happens to open fire and then the others just follow it's it's, it's kind of feels real uh mm-hmm. when i when i saw that yeah yeah just, like
1: the yeah. way it was described i think in some sources that i i researched it, it was it was kind of like that where they encountered they weren't really sure but then right, right. someone fired first and exactly. then, well, then the other side fired back and, and the then of course they're going to return volley
0: right so yeah yeah so you can totally see how that would happen
1: yeah so something one of those events like that apparently sparked the this quote unquote American Philippine War
0: um so
1: it, well, i wanted to talk about the last 4 minutes uh of, of scene here because so this final scene is it depicts the um the Philippine forces fighting against the U.S. in this kind of a, a, a field, trench warfare, being led by General Luna. And uh, I appreciated how th- this they really conveyed well, and it shows how the Philippine Philippine military was at the time, which was mainly they were poorly trained, they were less equipped than the American yeah. forces, they had low yeah. courage, shaky morale, and, and all of that. Um, and, and that that was just made clear by this scene and I liked in the film the film in terms of the film production the costumes to me looked pretty convincing mm-hmm. and, and the they weaponry, really good in, yeah, and, yeah and just the, the overall scene location and stuff where they had of course they were able to film in the, the actual Philippines I'm sure um, and so they had the the native uh, foliage and, and, and that sort of thing um, uh, one last thing I'll point out is at the 1525 mark listeners if you go go back and check it out there's actually a blooper that i only noticed tonight as i (laughs) rewatched apparently there's a supposedly there's a supposedly dead soldier that henry rula turns over in order to to get like a belt or or something off of him but the actor actually he he lifts up his arm and puts it back (laughs) down (laughs) yeah he's supposed to be dead but he moved it It's like it was really really brief right so on your first watch you probably won't notice it but because i've been watching it so many times like Wait a second, <laughs> and then uh, on uh, you know on one camera shot beforehand, a hat is covering his his face, right? And then uh, on a, a sequence uh, shot, like two seconds later, the hat's not on his face. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Ah, I, so. I saw your editing. I've,
0: yeah, so somebody made a similar comment. I think I remember seeing that. But yeah, that's a classic case of editing here. And for me, I think. As I told you, even briefly before this, as we were gearing up for this episode, I think for me was, it was it was definitely a historical lesson. I mean, the scene review podcast isn't necessarily about historical stuff per se, but sometimes that that's what scenes do. They do a great job inspiring certain things, and in this case, it was about wow, I have no idea what the heck happened during the Philippines and why (laughs) it's the way it is. I know the Spaniards were involved some way. I had no idea the (laughs) Americans were though no idea whatsoever um so that was very interesting and then i read in on further on what was the fate of 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 the war and unfortunately and fortu- and unfortunately i guess it led to many years i think of war uh, and i think the americans won right and then mm-hmm. they handed it back in world war ii i mean that's a heck of a long time <laughs> to yeah. be under that sort of rule so it's a uh, it's very interesting when you start looking at our histories it's even more interesting to recognize it's actually wasn't really that long ago when certain exactly. things happened and how much as much as we see society today as 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 doomsday as we may feel um wow we've come a long way from those days <laughs> let's <laughs> just face it uh so yeah it was a very very um interesting for me and i went on a inter- internet tunnel of research there just kind of reading about about this history so a really great prick in that respect and one thing i really liked about the scene just from a cinematic point of view i will say in that trench fighting scene is you know you don't get the hollywood braveheart <laughs> da, 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 you know <laughs> your bravado and then everyone's like ah, you know we'll yeah, fight our yeah. freedom no 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 it was a very real depiction of yeah I'm getting the crap out of here I don't want to <laughs> die i'm I'm, yeah. I'm leaving and running and sort of that disparate sort of um I, I actually watched a little bit further uh from that scene, but you can sort of see that how difficult it was as a leader yeah like how difficult we talk about this in business circles, but can you imagine? <laughs> in this type of environment wow like this is another level of things so um yeah it was uh very enjoyable and you could certainly see the quality level of production was not like others uh when i when i saw this this scene um segment so great pick yeah this week
1: yeah definitely I, i really appreciate it and i liked how you could tell that they just they must have done a ton of research and then you know, spent budget and time and effort on, again, the, the costumes, the set, uh, mm-hmm. and, and um, how, in fact, now that I think about it, even the number of extras and actors they had just to fill, you know, a given a military unit, like the, the Americans in a given scene, there must have been like 20 guys that, yeah, th- that they, they would had to hire and, and, yeah. and stand a lot in of the people. scene and hold their rifles and stuff, yeah, yeah. but uh, totally...
0: So, great pick this week. Had a lot of fun. I think, th- I think this might be our record for length of time. I think we got a little excited this, this week. <laughs> but uh, a dozen is a dozen, so... Episode dozen is uh, worthy of mention, so... Worthy of length as well. What are we clocking here? Oh, wow, 30 minutes. Okay, so... Okay, yeah, we can probably. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the pick. Uh, I don't have one lined up next week. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention to our viewers, listeners... Uh, you can use the email to recommend a scene for us also to review. Uh, we would be happy to consider that. So um, Absolutely. and uh, So just uh, keep that as, a, as an option. Um, we would be happy to look at um, scenes to review together and, and comment about them. So uh, feel free to reach out to us. And thanks again for listening this week.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You can email us at SceneReview
1: at 20digit.com and find us on YouTube by searching for 20 Digit Productions. And we're 20 Digit on Twitter and Instagram. Note that our website and all our online IDs are spelled with numbers 20DIGIT. Thanks for listening to the 20 Digit Scene Review Podcast.